The Stanley Cup just ended, and we're still in the hockey spirit. So for that reason, I brought on a professional hockey player, and it's a female who plays in a league that you may not know exists in the United States. So check it out. We're going to be talking about hockey, a little lacrosse, a little rugby, as well as some coaching today on the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game Time What's up, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and once again, I'm coming at you with a professional athlete. We're going to keep the momentum rolling today with women's sports. So I've got a professional hockey player on the women's side, Miss Sophia Agostinelli. And Sophia, I know you're really busy. Um, I, I know that for a fact because uh, we were trying to get the schedules all put together and everything, but I truly appreciate you, you know, being willing to come and join me and educate my listeners. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No doubt. I'm just glad we could put this thing together and uh, get you on the show. Now, we got to start this with the Stanley Cup recap because the Stanley Cup just finished up. And um, I know you're a hockey player. We're going to get into that. But I want to know your take on the Stanley Cup. Were you going for the Caps or were you going for the uh, nice, fun, feel-good story with the Golden Knights? See, this was really hard because um – I was kind of divided friends-wise. I had some people that were really against the Las Vegas Knights because they were Sharks fans, and they did not want me to root for them. But I did enjoy the pregame stuff that was going on. It was really funny. But So ultimately, at the end of the day, I was rooting for the Caps. Uh, okay, I see, I see. You just root for the winners. All right, now I'm just kidding. Who's your favorite NHL team overall? Um, I would say the Bruins is my favorite team, but... They didn't make it all the way. I was really sad about that. Right, right. Well, that's my life as a as a Cowboys fan in football. Like, yeah, and you got to love them, but they never make it. So it's just, you know, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment every year. But uh, anyways, I think that your, your story is extremely unique. And I want you to begin, you know, tell us your story. But starting from the beginning, let's talk about the... The, the, the days of when you began participating in sports. What what sports did you participate in, Sophia? What did you get into in it? You know, how old were you when you started participating? Yeah, from like from the beginning, I started playing um, sports when I was about five years old, playing soccer. I was really competitive, so sports was a chance for me to compete against other people, and I uh, I just assumed that I would be able to play it the rest of my life. So I've never really given up on that. Hopefully, I don't have to sometime soon. Yeah, hopefully not. And, and I love what you brought up is the competitive nature. That's the exact reason that I love sports. I mean, I'm almost 30 now, but I love competing. I love that competitive nature. When you get the, the juices flowing the, you know, in, in competition, it's always great. But I have a question for you. Did you grow up with any siblings or anything, Sophia? Yeah, you know what? And I was the oldest child, so I was always beating up <laughs> on them. Yeah, so you were that person. You were that sibling that always beat up on the younger ones. That's awesome. I'm just kidding. So you said you competed in soccer, but what other sports did you compete in when you were growing up, like maybe in the middle school days and such? Yeah, um, I in middle school, I I was playing hockey around that time. Like when I was, uh, I guess I entered the hockey world when I was a second year peewee. So that's right when you start checking. So okay. That was a great, great wake-up call for me. I, I enjoyed it so much. And that's why I kept playing hockey, I think. That's awesome. So what city were you in that allowed you to play hockey at that young age? Um, so I grew up in Framingham, Massachusetts, like 30 minutes from Boston. And 
the hockey culture there is, is huge. Everyone plays hockey. That is just so much different than over here in the West because that's just not the case here. But it's something that I'm trying to to do with this podcast is kind of get that, uh, get all the knowledge, get all the education on all th- all things sports, kind of bring them over here and, and spread the word. But uh, did you have to compete? Did you play with the guys or did you have an all-girls league uh, where you were at since there was so much hockey influence? I was just wondering if you were able to, you know, keep – keep it in all girls league or did you have to you know kind of mix the two um we played with the guys back then but i think nowadays there may even be like a youth girls team where i'm from they've grown yeah i'm sure they've grown if they're able to you know form an all girls team that's awesome so when you know you started at a young age competing in these sports competing in hockey now i want to know did your high school that you went to back east um have a have a hockey program um yes so we did and it was really easy for them to um, know about every girl that was coming up because they just took them right from that youth program. And um, we weren't necessarily the best team, but we existed. And I thought that was great that we were able to have a league where we actually had teams in all, all the surrounding towns. Like we had fresh teams every, every weekend. That is so rad. And uh, tell me, Sophia, what position do you play and how did you perform throughout your high school career? So I played center in high school. Um, I'm a pretty tall girl. I'm 5'10", and I used my size to kind of box out the girl on the circle. And it, it, was, it was really easy for me, actually, because of how big I was in comparison to everyone else. I'd say you're 5'10". Like, uh, did you ever think about playing basketball? I get that a lot, actually, because people look at me and they're like, they could tell that I'm an athlete, but they just assume that it's either volleyball or basketball. But they're not so shocked when I say hockey either, though. And well, I'd say get out of the way. If you're five foot ten, you know you're skating towards me on the ice. I'd, I'd be getting out of the way. So I like that you're physical. I like that you enjoy that kind of competition. That's awesome. Um, now, for the listeners out there, it looks like so you went to you went from high school and then you went to Holy Cross for college, and you actually played lacrosse in college. And I want you to kind of explain that the reason that you played lacrosse rather than hockey was it a situational thing? Like, did you? Did they not have a hockey program, or were you just better at lacrosse? But explain the the similarities between lacrosse and, and hockey, and then you know why we chose lacrosse in college. Um, so it actually was just a uh, circumstantial thing, because I, I love hockey just as much as I love lacrosse, but um, my school wasn't so well known for its hockey program, but it was known for its lacrosse program. And so I got more time with or to be seen by coaches because of the lacrosse program. If you want to get seen by hockey coaches, it's more you're more likely to get seen if you go to a really good school or you're in at a prep school. Right, that totally makes sense to me. Um, I totally understand that. It's it's crazy. Once again, you mentioned lacrosse and hockey are so big back there, but those are like the two sports that are probably struggling the most um, out here in the West. So, well, I shouldn't say struggling, but they're just you know they're growing slower than the other ones. So that's actually really really interesting. Now. Um, post-college career. Now now we want to get to the discussion of the NWHL. Uh, did you just go straight from lacrosse to your professional career? What happened post-college that got you back into now what we call the NWHL professional hockey? Uh, yeah, so I actually so I graduated from Holy Cross, and then um, I was missing hockey so much that I had to go do a, a professional year abroad in Germany to kind of get back into things. I just happened to um, know some people out there who told me to come over to their team, and it worked out really well. And so when I came back, I thought, why not try out for this 
new professional women's team in the U.S., which wasn't there when I left for Germany. Okay. Okay, so you took off uh, for Germany for for a year and then came back and played for a professional hockey team. Now, can you elaborate on this? Who is this professional team that you're playing for, and what's this league all about? So I tried out for the Connecticut Whale, and um, that's kind of like an homage to the Whalers, the NHL team that used to exist there. And the Connecticut Whale is part of the NWHL. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? What is the NWHL? National Women's Hockey League, or NWHL for short. And it's a a league that originally consisted of four teams, but now they've expanded to Minnesota, and now we have five teams. Five teams, and as I understand it, is in its fourth year. Um, I want to hear about your experience in the NWHL, Sophia. So let's talk about that. What was your experience like Is is it just your first year playing? How many years did you play? I, I want to hear about your time. So I played I played last year, and right now it's free agency, so I'm hoping to play again next year, but um, things are changing. We have national players coming back, so we'll see if I have a spot on the team. Well, for sure, keep working hard. Now I want to know about the competition in the professional level for the women's game. So uh, what was the competition like in the professional level for women's hockey compared to what you used to remember it as in high school? Yes, yeah, so... The thing about the NWHL is every player that's out there, whether they're, you know, on the ice or on the bench or even just somebody who's in the locker room, those people, all these people are talented. In high school, you get one or two people on a team that could really, you know, skate. But here, everyone's talented. They're way faster than I remembered. No, I I totally understand that. Um, From what I hear from anybody who goes to the professional level, they always talk about the speed of the game. Football players, basketball players, the speed of the game. And it's, like you said, every athlete is a professional. They are at that speed and athleticism, so it's a lot different. Um, You mentioned you played overseas. For comparison's sake, I want to know about the game here on the professional level compared to overseas where you were playing. What's the game like, and, and how do they compare? Um, well, on my team, we had a, lot, a bunch of German national players that they had serious stick skills that I kind of learned a lot from them that I didn't even realize you like, would even do in a game. And bringing that back to the NWHL, I mean, a lot of people are super good stick skills-wise, but um, it's not always the same. People have different like style to doing things, and I felt like the Germans had their own style. Yeah, it's just like basketball. They got the Euro ball style. It's just everybody has their own style. I like that. Now, Sophia, in the NWHL, where do you guys play? Um, so we, the Connecticut uh, Whale plays out of Stanford, Terry Connors rink. But we would go to New Jersey to play the Riveters, go to Buffalo to play the Buffalo team, and um, Boston as well for the Boston Pride. But now we're going to go to Minnesota, so now we're going to take some some playing time. Yeah, playing time's always great. It's awesome that you guys are expanding so quickly in just four years. You've got another team. Uh, do you see the league continuing to grow? What What's your honest opinion? Like, how were the fans? Did you get people at the games? And did you have a lot of support? Yeah, so we have plans to expand further. I know that they're talking about, you know, expanding to Pittsburgh and there's other places in the works right now that could be for next year. And I've noticed because although I've only played for one season, I've been following it since its beginning, that it has grown, like, maybe in the first the first year you have people that are just watching because they're like, oh, this is new. But, you know, second year you'll notice that it drops off, but it's slowly been building since that second year of loyal fans, people that have been coming to every game, season ticket holders, people that 
has actually met me outside of the, the hockey world just to say hi. Man, that's big time. That's awesome to hear, Sophia. That's awesome. Um, now, as sports fans, the sports fans that we are, we want to know about compensation. You know, that's a big deal. Are you guys getting paid to play in the NWHL? Yeah, it's actually um, one of the first like leagues that's done this. And we originally, I think what it was is that you got a contract that you got paid for the year. But as um, things, so it's a one-year contract because it's, it's a new league. But now they're doing it, um, they were doing it by being paid by game and practice. But they, they've just been kind of like switching around how they're doing it. But overall, we get compensated for everything that we do. So, and, and we also get lots of free things, which is really nice. Free gear. Free That's Dunkin' awesome. Donuts. Free Dunkin' Donuts? That's awesome. Which, which is essential, right? Because I need that every day. But do you have, is Dunkin' Donuts out there in Idaho? You know, I, I think there is. I think so. Some places don't really, like, I have family in Ohio. I could hardly find a single Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, exactly. See, I don't know if they have one down here. I, I think we have them, but I don't think they're as popular as they are back east. Yeah, because I could find about 10 of them in, like, a, a mile radius. Yeah, that's definitely different than it is back here. I can guarantee you that. Whole new world. So it's awesome, though, Sophia, going back to the hockey discussion, that you guys are getting compensated for the NWHL, and it's awesome to hear that uh, you know they have this push to get it to continue to grow. You've got fans, you've got everybody watching, but I do want to know something. Um, do we have any other professional women's hockey leagues um, in the States or nearby? Um, yeah, so there also exists the CWHL, and that's the Canadian Women's Hockey League, and they've existed longer than us, but they only... They really only incorporate Canada, and then um, they also have a team in Boston. But our two leagues have yet to intersect, and I I don't really know what the the issue is behind it, but I know that right. it's more complicated than it seems. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's the case with a lot of things. Is it, it, we see these things, and it sound seems like on the outside it should be easy for us to just merge the leagues, right? Um, but it's not. It's not always like that. I'm sure there's you know some legal things that are involved and some costs or whatever um, that go into play on the back end. Because ideally, I think all of the professional women's athletes, be it for the CWHL or the NWHL, they want to they play against each other, and they, we all have the same goal in mind. For sure. It's just that we aren't on the same page. We're at different stages right now. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, who knows, one day that they will merge um, once you know everything gets worked out or – the NWHL will continue to grow and I'm going to keep my eye on it. And that's what I'm excited about is ever since I got in contact with you, Sophia, regarding the, the league itself, before we started doing this interview, um, I've been looking at it and I think it's awesome. I'm trying to bring a little bit more exposure here on the Western side of the States uh, to the NWHL. Now, the the interview that I had last week with our professional basketball player was regarding the um, exposure that's needed for women's sports because they struggle so much to get the exposure and the respect that they deserve. Um, what do you think that we can do to to bring the women's sports to, to light here, essentially, and give them that respect that they deserve? I think, um, honestly, I think the best thing is just being curious about it and just being interested enough to, to watch a game or, you know, sharing that news with your, like, kids or people that you think might be interested in, you know, like there's girls out there who don't know that there's a professional league. And um, there's actually a lot of people that would be interested in watching, but they don't know about it. And ultimately, like we could say more advertising or we need more funding. But I think there's just a lot of people that, you know, they're ignorant, not on purpose, but they just don't know. It's new, 
So if we could spread the word about the NWHL, then I think that we would grow more fans and possibly expand to those places. I had a, there was a girl that approached me at like an autograph signing and she was all the way from Utah. She came from Utah to Buffalo just to watch a game. She wouldn't have known. I don't know how she found out, you know? (laughs) That's so awesome though, because she came all the way from Utah, which is right below Idaho where I'm at. Um, And that's awesome to hear. Yeah. So for us over here, that want to know more about the league, where can we watch games for the NWHL? Um, honestly, I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head. I think you could probably watch them on the NWHL website. I know that they do. Last year they did Twitter Game of the Week. Oh, sweet, sweet. So that Twitter would pick a game and then they would broadcast that on Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome to hear that you guys are getting into Twitter because, yeah, that's huge, um, using Twitter as a as a feed. Um Social media as as a whole is awesome for, um, you know, broadcasting and getting that exposure that you need. Now, before we wrap it up, Sophia, I want to get into your coaching experience. Now, I know that outside of being a player, you're also a coach. Uh, talk about your experience as a coach, what sports you coach, and how long you've been doing it, well, what you learned, whatever you want to talk about. But I want to learn about your, your time as a coach. So I coach both lacrosse and hockey. Um, I coach hockey-wise, I coach kind of um, more private lessons, so – People come to me wanting to work on specific things with their children. I'll go over that with them. I have um, I work okay. at a place where there's two mini rinks, which can be really nice for for private lessons. For sure. And um, lacrosse wise, I've actually coached across the board this year. I've um, coached a club team that's middle school. I helped out with a high school team in their postseason, kind of as a defensive strategist kind of person. And I actually currently coach for the University of Bridgeport as a graduate assistant. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're like a big-time coach. I like that. So do you see yourself being a coach for your career when the playing days are over? Um, yeah, definitely. I don't – I. it's not going to be my main job. It's not necessarily my goal in life to be a head coach. But um, as long as I can coach, I would like to because I have a lot of ideas and – I really understand both of those, the game, like for both hockey and lacrosse. And I just want to share it with the youth. Absolutely. And in regards to coaching and, and coaching the youth, what do you think is one of the, or what do you find is one of the biggest struggles when it comes to coaching the youth? I think uh, you have to, so coaching wise, you have to actually care about what the player thinks about when I'm, when I play against people and I run against them, I don't care if they're hurt. You know, I don't care if they, they're bothered by what I'm doing, but when it comes to being a coach, you have to worry about what your actions do to the people you're coaching. Um, especially, well, actually, there's like no level because middle school through college, you have people that they need to be coached differently. Like some people need to be yelled at. Some people need to have their hand held through a concept. So having having to understand that there's a difference between people and what you say has such a a big consequence when you're the when a coach when you're a coach. You oh, know? oh, I totally know. I I definitely know that. And uh, I think throughout my playing career, I think all of us who have participated in sports can say that like the best coaches are the ones that can adapt to all the players because every player, especially the younger age kids, um, have their different personality types and they have to be treated differently in regards to the coaching style. It's just like a manager at work has to be able to adapt to their employees that are on their team. So, um, Sophia. I have a question for you. Would you prefer to coach or prefer to play when you're comparing the two? If you had a choice, one or the other, what do you prefer? Um, I prefer to play because I 
I enjoy playing so much. It's kind of hard to compare the two because coaching pays me, and I, I need money, so there's, there's a balance between play and coaching. But ultimately, I get pleasure out of both, and I think that I would rather not give up either. For sure, for sure. And, you know, while you can keep doing both of them, I would suggest to continue doing so. Keep doing both of them. Now, what can we expect in the next five years from Sophia Agostinelli? Well, you can expect me to continue playing hockey if I if I can in the in the NWHL and I actually have been considering maybe playing professionally rugby. Now this is super random, but there is a women's rugby team that um what? I actually <laughs> practice for and I was hoping to play with them as well. Yeah, okay. Hold up. We need to talk about this for a second. Uh professional rugby now we're talking about rugby. You're an all-around athlete, or what I would call an all-purpose athlete. Um, you're playing hockey, lacrosse, and rugby. Let's talk about rugby because I've had a rugby coach on my show talking about the sport and how it's continuing to grow in the United States. Uh, this professional team you're talking about, uh, do they play sevens, fifteens? How is that all structured? So they, the team that I was looking to play for is uh, the New York, uh, was well, NYRC, so New York Rugby Club, and. Um, they play both sevens and fifteens, so okay. it just it's seasonal. So if I was thinking of playing for them when they play fifteens, because I I enjoy fifteens more because it's less running, right? More it's more tackling and strategical things. I feel like sevens is such a short game that you lose kind of some of that. Yeah, definitely. And just to be honest, I don't judge you um, for not liking the running part. I've played basketball my whole life, and I still hate running. Absolutely despise it. So if I were to play rugby and participate in that, I would uh, definitely consider 15s because I'm not running around the field with just sevens. Anyways, I want to know about this. If you could, if you could break down the rugby league for women for us right before we wrap it up, um, do you guys get compensated? Can you, can you just give a little bit more info on this league? Yeah, totally. Um, I think so. I don't think they pay. This, I've it's a team that is kind of like a farm team for the U- the USA national team for rugby. So okay. they won the championship last, last year. I'm actually not so familiar with it, but I know that they don't pay, but they end up going traveling to some crazy places. Like my friend who's on the team, she went to Dubai like this year. And I think they, the club actually does fund and fundraise for some of that stuff. So I think the traveling's worth it. Oh, absolutely. I love traveling, and that's actually what I wanted to uh, get to real quick. What is the best place that sports have ever taken you, Sophia? I want to know your favorite place that sports have been able to take you. Um, I would say Switzerland was my favorite place because to me it's like heaven on earth. It just looks so beautiful. Yeah, I would love to go to Switzerland. I think it's awesome. Um, and it's just cool to hear uh, from people, including yourself, the different places that sports can take you, the different opportunities you get, the doors that are open through sports and that's kind of another point that I wanted to nail in with this podcast is you know just how sports aren't just dumb jocks they they open up so many opportunities so many places to go so once again this is an awesome interview Sophia I greatly appreciate your time and thank you so much for joining us today all right thank you so much for having me on for sure the pleasure's all mine and all the listeners out there I hope you enjoyed this one and um, I hope you continue to share the podcast with your friends and family as you know, I try to share my passion with you guys and hope to, you know, obtain my goal of delivering a panoramic view on sports. And you guys know the drill. We'll talk to you next week. 
Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.